0: Hi, Steve here. You're about to listen to a bonus episode of the podcast that was previously available to Patreon members at patreon.com slash Steve Saylor, where they get a daily show called Morning Coffee with Steve, where I go through the day's news of gaming and accessibility and updates about my life. If you would like to be able to get this episode, as well as early access to the main Gaming Insight podcast episodes, you be able to go to and become a paid member at patreon.com slash Steve Saylor. Hope to see you there and enjoy the episode. Hello, good morning. It is Morning Coffee with Steve, episode 28 for Monday, February 12th, 2024. I'm Steve Saylor, this is your daily show of gaming news, accessibility news and everything updates for me. I'm finally back home and here's my first sip of coffee of the day. Oh, it feels good to have Colombian coffee again. Oh, my goodness, I missed this. I could have taken uh, my bag of Colombian coffee home or with, to my sister's so that I could actually be able to have it while I was there, but I'm like, nah, I, I forgot it, and I just, you know, I've been living off of Keurig coffee and Starbucks coffee for the past while, so having, like, authentic Colombian coffee. It's got that kind of, like... I don't, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's the... It's got a bit of it, like it. It sort of smooths out the bitter taste, if that makes sense. Anywho, yes, I am back home. Boy, was it a, a, a weird. Well, not a weird ending, but it just, it just. Oh, I. I think if if you if you listen to me, oh, I'm everything was jittering for a second uh, on on the screen. If you're watching this in the video, I'm sorry. Um, everything was kind of. Uh, topsy-turvy on Friday. So after I would recorded, uh, I think I mentioned about, you know, my brother-in-law getting sick like uh, in, in, in the last, on Friday's episode. But after that, it kind of got a little bit touch and go whether or not they were going to be able, my sister and my brother-in-law was going to be able to make it home. Um, they weren't 100% sure. My sister had to basically like, take care of everything. Like, they had to pack, Like she had to pack everything. She had to go back and forth from the hospital, which was... A hospital in Putacan is not exactly a hospital like it is in Toronto. Um, there was a lot going on, let's just say. But um, they were able to make it home. My brother-in-law's fine. Um, they think it was just probably some sort of food poisoning or something. They, they were sort of leaning towards potentially bacterial infection, but it's it's totally fine um he he just basically like he he got really queasy and uh and just it, it was it was sort of touch and go whether or not at any given moment he could basically um you know vomit but uh everything everything was fine and so i was able to uh go i was able to um come back home on time so uh so yay we're fishing home here um updates on the podcast I will be, um I, I'm uh, I, it, it either I'm, sh- I'm going to launch the official public podcast this week or, or, or next. Um I'm thinking of actually just, here's my current, basically here's what's going to happen with the show. Um I've kind of solidified it. There will be a, a, basically a daily, like I said before on Friday, this will be a daily show that'll be exclusive to, members uh patreon members uh but then also as well um there will be i'm I'm, lo- I'm actually trying to be able to get set up through spotify and through apple to be able to get uh be able to get subscriptions on that so that way i can also be able to deliver that on there so if you per- to prefer to be able to support me on that that's totally fine the 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 benefits of patreon though is that for the two dollar uh for those the digital high five you're going to get these episodes no matter what these audio episodes. Um, so that's that's totally fine. Uh, I think I'm I might be able to move the five dollar uh, uh tier to uh to the to video as well uh, or to video only like there like that tier will be to video just to kind of like separate between the two. Um, so that'll like so yeah it'll be au- like audio only for uh for the for, and it'll be the same price also as well for for the subscription because I want for the two dollars so it'll be audio only for uh for that. And then the I think the the five dollar might be like video um, for those for those episodes, Um, just to kind of make it a little bit. Uh, I separate it. So it might mean that when you go into Patreon, there might be two posts for the episode instead of just one, uh, if you're both for, for the $5. Um, so it's the only way I can be able to do it. Patreon doesn't allow me to be able to have, like, one post and then basically separate it into the two tiers. Um, so I apologize for that. But this is uh, this the, it's unfortunately the only way it's going to have to be. And I may also lo- open it up to that you can be able to watch the these live uh, in the mornings. It's super early in the morning, so I don't know if it's anyone... We'll be interested in that, but uh, and then so that I, I think I'm gonna call. I think I'm gonna call the just the daily shows, either like either more, still just morning coffee with Steve. I st- I'm kind of I'm still debating on it. I don't know. I, I like I like level up latte. I like morning coffee with Steve. This was like, morning coffee with Steve was always supposed to be meant to be temporary, but then I just kind of got used to it so i I may just i may just you know keep it at that but i think the public podcast will be a different name i was leaning towards access granted because i've used that name before in a podcast um but when i looked up to be able to try to be able to integrate the feed uh again uh, like because i still have access to the access granted podcast feed um it just was a lot to kind of like try to separate it so i think i might have to create a new separate podcast for that um and then i may just call it something else i don't know yet um it won't be a it won't be a coffee related show. Let's just say that. I think the daily shows will be co- like morning coffee, you know, gaming news, all that kind of stuff. Like it's it's part of the a daily morning show. But the main show, the public show, will be it's going to be a conversation of the news story of the week, and I'll have a different guest on each time. Um, and it w- may not be necessarily like morning related. Um, so I'm going to have to come up with a different name for that. I think the mor- the the level up latte or the morning coffee. I think the morning coffee with Steve i think it kind of still works i think uh, plans have changed in regards to it, just because i was trying to figure out how to be able to make this all work and, and make it make sense but uh i, I think this is going to be the thing that's going to happen so it either will be this week it will launch at the and it'll always be the end of the week so it'll probably be a friday uh a friday show um and uh, I, I did actually—I re- had reached out to, to, to someone to be able to be a guest on, but um, they're going to be at DICE, uh, which is the DICE Summit this week. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll be able to get them on at some point because they were at least interested in, in joining. They just, you know, they just couldn't make it schedule-wise. Uh, but— with that being with that being said, I think I'm gonna have to come, now come up with a different name for for the show, and it's just basically like it's just uh, I, it's the hardest part for me sometimes. It's like sometimes it clicks, like the Dungeons of the disabled show that I've been wanting to do that just worked, like that, that just that I came up with the title of that before I even thought of really the con the full concept of it. But for this, I had the full concept of it. I just haven't come up with a proper name for it that I liked, and I think that's probably why maybe I was sort of reluctant on the Level Up Latte was because I didn't know if I wanted to have a full-on daily show um a be like be the main podcast the main the the public podcast i i I always kind of saw this as sort of a very exclusive thing for patrons only and i felt like if i took that away from from you all essentially like that that kind of uh, uh that kind of it just kind of like not necessarily like waters down the content in a sense it's like oh now it's available for everybody and like what's the point of supporting Steve no it's more of like I like being able to have these little conversations for those those of you who actually started to comment on these uh, like especially Cobalt and Owen like thank you so much if you if you're listening to these and you're and you uh, and you like these and you want to join the conversation definitely go with the Patreon comments and let me know your thoughts of the uh, of the day uh, because I really do appreciate that and it kind of helps you know to kind of gauge what, are, what, what you folks are interested it in so please feel free to comment about this uh, about today's episode so and and the, and the tricky part about oh' bust oh, also, also as well like the, the the tricky part about getting setting up a new podcast and stuff is that it's just there, I had to submit my tax documentation to Apple because I had in order to be able to get set up with the uh with the subscription thing because I had to create a channel uh for my podcast and I'm like I don't have a no a channel I just have a show (laughs) so why are you making me have a creative channel i I just anyway um but that will be so i'm thinking that probably like i would like to be able to do the first week because it looks like probably this week might be an xbox uh uh, that'll be the biggest story of the week so i want to be able to at least have something like that up um but what i just i I just basically have like less than five days to come up with a podcast name so if you have any suggestions for that (laughs) knowing now what the concept is it's a conver- it's a it's a conversation uh a weekly conversation about the, the the topic of the week or the gaming topic of the week there'll be a different guest on each time uh, i wanted to call it access granted but i'm not i am not tied to that name at all uh, I have a podcast out called that, or it was all accessibility related, but I don't think it actually kind of works with the, the concept of what we're doing. Uh, so I'm, uh, it's, it, you know, it's hard to come up with a gaming podcast name, y'all, that hasn't already been taken or isn't or like generic. Um, so um, I don't know. We'll, I'll I'll, 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 I'll have to think about it and go from there. Uh, anywho. Um, let's talk about today's uh, today's news topic, um, which is accessibility and also news related. Um, I mean, I, I could talk about I could talk about the Super Bowl, but no, it, I I was watching it yesterday and um, I uh, I was it was fine, it was good, like it got good near the end. Um, but also I couldn't really watch any of the um the the American ads. For the Super Bowl, because we're, I live in Canada and Canada all co ops, all the ads for Canadian ads. So I got the same basically almost like four ads pretty much every, like every time. So, um, I'm just, uh, um, I'm just double checking to make sure there's no other like, breaking news that happening at at 9. <laughs> uh, that's when I'm recording this right now. Um so uh um Yeah, nothing really like gaming related for that. But all right, so let's talk about the actual the story I want to talk about, which is the title of the episode, The Yellow Paint controversy um so i'm pulling this from uh from ign uh by wesley and pool uh and he says with the and i'll have this linked in the description uh with the final fantasy 7 rebirth demo in full swing players enjoying getting into cribs with cloud tifa and Aerith and, co- and company in this playstation 5 remake of the mama um But it has also sparked yet another debate about the ways video games help players work out where to go, this time via yellow paint. If you're playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, you'll have seen it, color-coded paint that signals the parts of the environment that can be used for platforming. The debate in summary, some people don't like uh, how in your face this hand-holding is in Final Fantasy VII Remake, and indeed modern video games. Uh, Oh, and others, however, point out that it can be helpful and is an important accessibility feature and then they include my tweet (laughs) not like legitimately they included my tweet into this uh they embedded it without even i I didn't even know that they were going to do this they didn't even reach out to ask and it's not to say that that, that they have to um it's just funny that how often sometimes like i just pop like i'll tweet something not thinking anything really more of it than just tweeting it and then all of a sudden it just shows up in news stories everywhere it's happened more often than 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 than, than I'd like, um, let's just say that. I mean, hey, you know what? It's cool to be mentioned in, in news articles, but still, I mean, just it's, it's a bit embarrassing. Uh, anyway, what I said in the tweet was, while the yellow paint on climbable ledges wasn't designed with disabled players in mind, it has helped people with low vision or who are cognitively disabled to see at a higher contrast and recognize where they should go. Is it the only solution to this problem? No, but it helps. Uh, and it was retweet, I was retweeting the, the, the initial, uh, controversial tweet, um, from, I'm not going to say the person's name, but basically it was a picture of, of cloud trying to build to climb, the yellow ledges. And the tweet said the yellow paint virus has infected FF seven. Um, and then the article continues. Developers too are weighing in with some highlighting how in play tests and focus groups, players sometimes struggle to work out where to go, get frustrated and quit playing altogether because of this, somewhat obvious and sometimes unrealistic visual clues are needed to help point players in the right direction. Um, um, others say that video games have featured visual clues for exploration and progression for decades now. indeed, Digital foundations John Linnerman pointed out that the original Final Fantasy VII included visual aids of its own and uh they retweet they put a tweet of his on there and it basically had like two like two or a couple arrows. Uh, one green arrow, one like, and two reds, basically kind of indicating where, um, where cloud should go. It's basically climbing up a, a different uh, cliffs and stuff. Uh, if all this sounds familiar, that's because we've been ha- we've been through here before. Perhaps most notably with Resident Evil 4 remake last year, when Capcom's superb remake came out, a similar debate was had about the uh, rights and wrongs of yellow paint plastered over climbable ladders. And then they put another tweet about that in there. Well, the debate continues and will no doubt resurface again in the future when the next big game that uh, includes obvious visual cues, clues for platforming comes out. Let us know where you stand on Final Fantasy VII's yellow paint. Okay, so what is the purpose of the yellow paint? Um, it comes into two folds. Like someone actually did reach out and ask um what is it about like okay like is it accessibility or is it approachability and i had to think about it for a second because normally it's like you know my defaults like oh it's accessibility but then i had to actually think about what it actually is and it is both it honestly is both it's accessibility and approachability it's accessibility because then those with low vision like myself or uh those with cognitive uh, disabilities like i said in my tweet um Knowing where to go, it's it, it, that is a higher contrast sort of color um, that stands out, um, even stands out in, in, in at least some um, like black and white or at least contrast tests. That makes it a little bit easier for a player to be able to see where they need to go, and I say easier, not, not necessarily making it easy. It's about making it easier um, so that players know where to go. There's a difference between easy and easier, um, and actually, I do have a thing about that in an article that I'm going to be po- that should be posting this week. Um, by the way, I won't say when, but I'll. I'll well, well, I'll, I'll, If you follow me on if you follow me on Twitter or you follow me on socials at Steve Saylor, uh, I'll, I'll post it there because I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. But there is a difference between easy making th- a game easy and making a game easier. Uh, making a game easier, it helps, you know, break down some barriers for disabled players, but making a game easy is about, you know, approachability of the game uh, for uh, for players beyond just disabilities. And that It's a very crude sort of like dis- this differentiating between the two, but it, essentially, that is the kind of the gist of it. There's a lot more nuance to it, uh, and I'm sure that basically, other people will, will like in the community would, would sort of like to say, Well, actually, and and, and that, yes, they, they would be correct. It's not, I'm not sort of trying to say I'm right and, and, and they're wrong, but it's essentially that is the kind of the basics, the basic sort of definition. Um, but when it comes to approachability, it comes to down to what the developers had said in that article is that it, there are times in during play tests where players may not know where to go, and so having a visual cue helps those players to be able to determine where they go and keep and keep going. Um, and there there is also another like, and that's approachability. That means it's like the game is a little bit more approachable to any player, regardless of a disability. Um, it, it can be it can be is, uh, seen as as a uh, a way for players to be able to like without having to really think about it, it's like, okay, I know that these are ledges I'm allowed to climb on and these ledges are not. So especially if like you're in an area where it's you're trying to solve a puzzle and you're having to be able to climb up and climb down from different parts of the section in order to be able to complete the puzzle. having that sort of there, it sort of takes the pre like, it takes the um, uh, the thought of, 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 of okay, where do, like where can I go? out of a player's head because they know that okay the if if they're showing that this is cl- the areas that are climbable that means that no other L areas are climbable and that these are the th- areas I need to be able to go uh, so there so that's the approachability aspect and yes again the accessibility aspect it, it's a higher contrast it, it makes it like some people could be able to see color a little bit more and if you think like well, what about colorblind it does pass like in some cases it does pass the the contrast test a little bit even if you do put in a black and white um it does make the objects appear a little bit brighter. It's not the best solution uh and I'll get into that in a minute, but um that is sort of a solution um another thing too uh that when and the reason why these types of thing, things exist um is is based on because is based on honestly what is it that you're like when the developers are kind of making this, what is it that developers want it to be able to accomplish with this? Um And also as well, you have to like, there has to be a thought of what is the purpose of this? Why do I need to have cloud climb this area? Well, obviously if you look at the it's sort of, obviously the, you know, in the picture that uh, was, was posted for, uh from, uh from the original, there is areas where, you know, that cloud needs to climb to basically get to a, a cave or to get into a cave entrance. And uh, that at least that's what the, um, the picture showed, and the player needs to know that. So when you're coming across like Final Fantasy VII remake, and they want to be able to remake it as best as possible, there is a reason why that those climbing climbable areas are are there. Um, but when it but if uh, so, when it comes to that aspect, they needed to have that uh, that uh, game part of gameplay there just so that it can be on parity with the original game. Now when you're making a new game, like do you need to have yellow? paint everywhere to do, uh, to let the player know what is interactable and what is climbable um no and that's and that kind of goes to, to my uh, my other point is that is there a reason why, like you have to think about, is there a reason why you're having the player climb? If you're only going to be using this as just a way to be able to traverse from one area to another, is there a better option than having to be able to cl- find certain ledges to climb? It's basically, it's a, ga- it's, it's something that is unique to gaming that we just sort of accepted as a a thing you have to do or a thing you can do oh you know what? we have to we want to make a player climb okay well you know they have they have certain uh they have certain level uh, ledges that they're allowed to climb on and oh, okay well how do we just how do we help a player be able to figure that out well okay well we'll just put yellow paint on it like every other game does it's it, it, when you're in the design process of of coming, like, what are what are some other ways for a player to be able to traverse without having to be able to use like 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 specific ledges or yellow paint uh, on those ledges? Um, and you have to kind of trying to think of okay, then then it's like then it becomes like okay, do. You, uh, what like what else can you do could you basically you know um have like not have climbable areas at all do you need like, uh, like can you just do it with path uh with pathway basically going up or, or up or down can you use an elevator um could you do, do you have to, like there um, but every but here's the thing every other game has areas that pl- uh, they need a player to go and they need to figure out sort of like ways to let the player know that these are discoverable. These are ways, like uh, like areas where a player is, is able, and, and it's like, okay, we want the player to go and explore this way. Um, there was another developer that actually did this for Deathloop and uh, the subtle um, ways that they were able to uh, to be able to make a, let a player know where they were able to go. Um, some of it is very blatantly and overse like basically have pointing arrows and text pointing towards a door, um, which they do have in some areas. Um, some, of, and some of it actually, a lot of what Deathloop does actually uses light um and where like spotlights or uh, lights above certain areas that that they want the player to to go um and even including the different times of day is sort of like how those lo- like one is sort of like a spotlight that shines on a on a doorway or entranceway, and then there's one that just has a light bo- above their door depending on the time of day it, it like it is and that is a subtle way to let up like that it's visual language you're teaching the player okay um, it's same as like when you're when you're learning Dark Souls. It's a it's it's a language that the game that the, that the developers of the game wants you to learn so that way uh, you can be able to to progress forward in the game itself. Um, and you have to come up with that visual language for, and yellow paint is a visual language. It is something that a player can like, who at least has played some games knows that, Oh, these yellow ledges means that I can be able to climb these. It's a, vague, a visual language that everyone has like understood and learned, uh, over the course of playing games and over the course of playing final fantasy seven remake, um, and, and including Resident Evil Four. it's like, okay, they see a ladder. If they see yellow paint on it, that means that's climbing. That's a visual language that's telling the player, hey, look at me, I'm climbable or hey, look at me, you can interact with me like that is something that, that is a, a, every game has its own visual language and the whole point of, a, of, a, of the whole reason a player is it, it can be able to move forward or the whole um uh, 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 and in order to be able to tell the player to how, where to be able to go without necessarily telling them where to go, is you have to create a visual language that is teachable, to, like easily teachable to a player. But then also, um, but then, yeah, okay. Let me. I'm, 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 I literally this whole idea of a visual language, I'm kind of thinking about on the spot. That's why I don't have like a proper sort of like way to be able to say this. Um, so just give me a second. Okay. So in a game you want you want progressive movement. You want uh, you want the player to keep moving forward in a game from to be able to move forward in the story or move forward in its in its gameplay loop. You want the, you don't want a player to be stuck. If you, if, if you have a player stuck, then they're constantly thinking about how they can be able to get unstuck. And then they potentially might like if they get frustrated, they might be uh, they might leave and not play the game again. Um, Now, granted, there are like you may say, okay, well, sometimes we want we want a player to feel stuck so they can be able to figure out where they want, where they need to go. But the thing is that uh, what you uh, ultimately the the developers want the player to progress forward no matter what even if you have it as a puzzle how do I figure out this puzzle to move forward there is a solution to that puzzle and so that the, and they have it so that the player can be able to move forward okay um and that visual and that is generally done either through a visual or audible language that is taught to the player that is subtle um when I get when I say about audible language having um a different sort of uh, sounds whenever you're near a door or different sort of uh, musical cues that happen whenever you're near an enemy um, and, and stuff like that. And then there's the visual cues. Like I said, like I said before, like uh, uh, light using lights using uh, different sort of uh, visual iconography within the game and the world itself or in Final Fantasy sevens uh, case for this uh, is yellow paint. Uh, that is a visual language uh, like, uh, and you may say, okay, well that visual language has been around for a long time. Yeah, because it works. It's, you've been used in many different games before, that it just makes sense. It's not, it's not sort of insulting the player by, uh, by adding that there. It's not meant to be insulting the player to, uh, to be like, oh man, now the game's telling me where to go. It's because you've learned, you become fluent with that language enough that you as soon as you see it, immediately you know that you have to be able to climb. And you have to, those are the legends to be able to climb. But to a player who's never played it before, or has never really played games before, they may not understand, they they're not fluent in that language yet. So they may need that little extra, uh, uh, that little extra uh, sort of visual indication of where they need to go. Same with also disabilities, that there are barriers that like that visual language is not uh, seen to someone who is low vision. So, someone like myself, if I can't, if I can't, sp- like, learn the visual, like, if I can't understand the language that the game is telling me because of my disability that prevents me from being able to learn it, then how that there is no way for me to be able to progress forward. So, with that higher contrast yellow paint, that's enough of a visual, visual cue for me. That's enough of a higher contrast for me that that barrier is gone. And that way, I also am now, fl- I am now fluent because I've seen it in other games games before that means I'm more fluent with that so I know that is an area I can be able to interact with or I can be able to climb with it is a, like that's literally kind of how games are are like at its core is made is it's a it's a language that is being taught to the player to be fluent in by the end of the game so that you can have a satisfying uh, uh, experience. And you can say that, oh, it's, you know, art, and you can say it's, you know, uh, story and gameplay. And there is all of that in there. But the whole purpose of an interactable, uh, interactable entertainment is progressive movement. You need to be able to keep the player going. Um, and and there's ways to be able to subvert that in different sort of gameplay styles, like having to be able to have a loop of like, okay, if, like if you, even if you do something, it kind of takes it back to the beginning again. And then, but then that's also part of the visual language like okay well if i'm having to build a loop how do i break out of that loop it's the the developers or any who anyone who makes a game they want you to keep moving forward there is always a solution to move forward whether that's through gameplay whether that's through story or whichever but they want that player to move forward and that is a language that and, and that progressive movement is a language that is being taught to the player um, subtly, it, it has to be done subtly uh, because otherwise um, then it just becomes a, that just, it is just a story and it's not really fully interactable because then it feels like a game is on rails because the game is taking you where you need to go. Um, but if it's an, if it's, a, if you want, if they want the players to basically to explore it for themselves, they have to teach a language to the player in order to be able to come fluid. And that's why whenever you go into like a, uh, a, like a platformer and you, you find a new or like any actually game that has like, okay, you learn a new skill. Okay you or you pick up a new skill okay great you see potentially okay there's a there's a thing that i need to be able to do uh and 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 the and it's sort of the game sort of teaches you okay you can use the skill to 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 break past this bear okay that is so how do you do that basically okay what uh, the for instance okay the skill basically to do a high jump okay you see a a high ledge you may have seen it before it's like "Ah, i can't get up there my jump does not work that way so you get a new skill basically allows you to to jump high Oh, you know what? Now I know actually that through because of how high that ledge that that cliff is, I know I can be able to jump up that high and I can be able to do that. Okay, great. That's that's the vision. That's the game teaching you that language. These ledges that are this high, you can jump them without telling the player, without telling the player, this is what you have to do. It's, it's, sometimes it can be overt, sometimes it can be super subtle, but it, can, it visually it tells the player, okay, this is a ledge that is high enough that you can be able to use this new skill to jump, okay? So then the game approaches you with a different challenge. It basically it, uh, uh, gives you sort of uh, maybe two extra jumps or um, it basically has you be able to jump in between different ledges. So, okay, so, so uh, okay. You see it, okay. The height of the of the ledge tells me I can jump that, um, but there's now a new challenge. Basically, there's another level I have to jump, um, but I have to basically jump back and forth. Okay, so then I'm like, then I real I start to experiment with it. I was like, can I be able to make this jump? Okay, maybe, maybe not, I'm not sure. Okay, uh, I'll keep trying, try different sort of weight angles at it. Okay, yes, I can be able to do that. And then now the player has learned, okay, now jumping back and forth is something I can also do with this skill. And then when you progress further into the game, whether it's even when you get to say something like a boss fight, if you see a boss that's basically up on a ledge and you know you can reach that with your double jump or your huge jump, you are already know that because you've been taught that through the through the language of the game and that is progressive movement and that is like letting you to progress so that you can't be able to reach that boss on that ledge otherwise you would not be able to know that And and if that visual language or that language wasn't taught to the player beforehand you're not you're you 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 would not even be able to get that far um and that makes a player stuck it makes a player like frustrated and it makes a player basically quit the game and that's something that a developer does not want they want the player to keep moving forward so that essentially is what the yellow paint really does um man actually i i I, man i wish i could was able to to uh, i mean i recorded this but i wish i was able to uh, easily clip this out because i think this would definitely help out uh and explaining a lot of different things. I may do that actually uh, as a separate sort of uh, clip. But anyway, um, how long have I been going for? Oh, literally for 30 minutes. Wow, okay, so we're now back to the regular like, the episodes, guys. Uh, all right, uh, so perfect. Uh, all right, that is it for me. I hope you basically learned a little bit more uh, about all this and uh, what you thought like in, in, in all of the different things. I appreciate you. Uh, I will see you all tomorrow, uh, for, for another episode of morning coffee with Steve and, uh, yeah, take care. Have a good one. If you have any questions or any comments about what I've talked about today, please leave, feel free to leave them in the comments down below and, uh, yeah. And I will uh, take a look at those then. Perfect. Take care. Have a great one.